I'm a true champion. You'll know me as that dickhead from the podcast, right? WrestleFly, that's why you're here. And if you're here, no doubt you want to hear about ACW in pool from last Saturday, November 27th. Packed house, has to be said, in the lovely, lovely, somewhat lovely city of pool, town of pool, whatever you want to call that shit. Um, you know what? ACW, this is my first exposure. I was working video with Ebenezer the Geezer. Shout out to my boy. Thank you very much for your help, man. And also a very special thank you to Aaron Cruz and Cameron Anderson, who in particular uh, helped out and chipped in and really helped uh, get the get the show going. You know, kept it smooth, held down their part of the bargain, helping out with the ring and whatnot, and hopefully getting some valuable experience and possibly kicking in some doors for some opportunities down the line, because God knows those young men deserve it. So I just want to give them a bit of love. So ACW, um, like I say, never been to a show before, but I'm aware of some of the talent. CWP Reborn, of course. We had Roger Sears. We had Danny Disorder, the hardest man in Bournemouth. Scott Jones, some good talent. Brandon Lee. These guys, these guys, I sound like a New Yorker. No idea what I'm doing there for. These guys came from ACW to CWP, you hear? So, you know what? I had some sort of idea of what to see. And there is no doubt a lot of these guys trained, of course, in the New Forest sort of region, trained by Danny Disorder and Joel Redman. It's, um, it's a very nice little blend, very nice little company. And it's, again, it's another company where you think, if you don't know, then you don't know. But once you do know, you think, yo, I want to go and see this more. £7.50 for a ticket. Place was packed. Crowd was good. They were hot. They were interested. They were intrigued. And the show opens with J.W. Reed versus Danny Disorder, who has Brandon Lee in tow at ringside. You know, Brandon Lee. It's funny you call Brandon Lee because you look a little bit like the guy from The Crow, but I'm sure that's just coincidence, fam. Um, and I like this match. I really like Danny Disorder. Uh, he's such an obnoxious little pedic. And of course, as an obnoxious pedic myself, I have a lot of time for that. He's good at winding up the crowd. I really like the the hardest man in Bournemouth shtick. You know, <laughs> I think it's really good. It's simple. It's effective. He's got a great look. The punk rock thing is very kind of Marmite. You either love that sort of thing or you don't. I can imagine some people are like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. But there's no denying that it looks good. Uh, you know, love the hair and everything. Great obnoxious kind of thing. Brandon Lee, got a great look, definitely. Really like the kid as well. Really nice guy um, backstage. Got, got a lot of potential. Got a lot of potential, no question. But JW Reed really stood out here. You know, what a fucking body, man. Like, this is a guy who just comes out and you immediately think, hmm, you're getting tired of bait vibes. You're in Trent Seven vibes. He's jacked to the gills. He looks good. He looks professional. <sighs> I mean, if I had one critique during this match, maybe he could have showed out to the audience more. But then again, if this is a guy who's only really just starting out on his wrestling journey, that is insane. To look that good and to work that smoothly, man's got a massive, massive future. Uh, good match. Really good. Easy to get heat as well from the crowd. Because, obviously, Brandon Lee, nefarious little shitbag that he is, hovering around at ringside, 
taking cheap shots. And of course, eventually Danny Disorder overcomes J.W. Reed with some sneaky shenanigans and a roll-up. And I like the match. It was very well worked and it was a very simple process. Quite a few veterans have always said to me in my time in the business that um, it's really nice to open with a simple match. Big face, big heel dynamic, simple. Get some plenty of heat on the face. Get the crowd wild up, riled up, excuse me. Normally, it's quite good for the heel to go over. That's at least what I'm told, you know. I don't take everything as gospel, but it's always good to listen. And as I always advocate, you should keep your mouth shut and keep your ears open until you know better in this business. And no one ever truly knows better, let's be honest. Um, but I liked it. It was simple and effective. And it, it set the tone. There's a real high quality of training, obviously, with all the guys at ACW, and that really does show. Uh, we then got Roger Sears versus Crash Katie, I believe his name is. Um, do you know what? I'm nothing if I'm not honest. I really like Roger Sears. He, he grows on you every time you see him. This is the second time I've seen him, and obviously I didn't get a chance to see much of him. I know that he used to be a referee. I'm fairly sure I recognize him as a referee from Strike. Back in the day in Bournemouth, so maybe that's something to do with it as well. I know he's the former head official of ACW, and now he's applying his trade as a wrestler. And he looked good, and he was a really good sympathetic babyface. However, Frash Katie, really smooth worker, thought the gimmick sucked. That's just my personal opinion, um, and it is obviously, take it with a pinch of salt. But I always fucking call it as I see it. I don't like the gimmick. I, I don't really get it. Uh, I've already seen Danny Disorder, who's a punk rocker. He's supposed to be the mosh pit goth. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> Kudos for doing something different, because you don't see too many people like it. Although, Urban Goth, Frankie T, massive upgrade in my opinion. Um, I just I just don't think it's got that great amount of potential. It's fine if you're going to do the odd show and... Whatever, but crowd were really flat for a lot of it, and I think a lot of that had to do with it. And I will say one thing, you know, these guys are trainees, so take it with a pinch of salt. But, you know, I'm I'm talking to you as a punter, as a customer, as a fan, as somebody behind the camera who's watching these things quite closely, someone who's very creative. It's not my cup of tea. Sorry, it just is what it is. Nothing wrong with the guy. Um, in terms of in-ring work, I actually thought he was pretty decent, quite stiff. Not really getting the whole yellow card thing for cautions either. Don't know if you're trying to capture a little bit of the, um, you know, the kind of footballing vibe, which is fine because obviously there is some crossover with football fans and wrestling fans. Not as much, to be honest, as a man who goes to a lot of football games as well as wrestling shows. And I, I just don't really see a great, not enough correlation to warrant this kind of stuff. You know, just give him a warning. You don't need to show off a yellow card. It kind of makes the ref look a bit silly, who, by the way, I thought was excellent. Good ref. Uh, it's never easy to referee every single match on a card. Should always have two referees, in my personal opinion, but I understand budgets and whatnot. And, but he did an admirable job, um, you know, considering. So, And he didn't walk in front of the camera nearly as much as some other referees have. A little bit too much sometimes for my liking, but still not nearly as much as other people. So kudos for that, because you do get some referees. I even speak to them before the show, and I'm like, yo, where are you going to be standing? You know, I appreciate to a certain extent you got to move around, but when they sort of pick an area and they seem to be consistently walking in front of you, it was so frustrating. It's nice to coordinate as a crew. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're a team. Um, but that's just me running off on a standard. Match wasn't awful by any means. Uh, love the super kick. 
Love, love, love the super gear. Roger Sears, very impressive. Fresh Katie, a uh, half decent worker, but gimmicks, I'm not feeling it. Just not feeling it, sorry. Uh, and also, if you want the crowd to be riled up and respond to you, you've got to do more. You've got to do more. There was no real communication, but that will also come with time, to be fair. that's It's easy for me to say when I'm a fucking Larry piece of shit. You know, <laughs> I'm always out there fucking mouthing off. So, of course, the crowd's going to respond if you're consistently doing what I'm doing, but... You know, not everybody is, well, frankly, as hated as I am. So it is what it is. And then closing out the first half is JC Cardi and Rusty Jack. I liked Rusty Jack a lot. Uh, so before this match started, some guy, the tetrahedral dolphin thing. What the fuck? Like, guy comes out, um, didn't actually get a full name. Um, don't really get it. Sorry. Not my cup of tea. Comes out, pretends to be a dolphin, I think. Any idea? Because I'm. He mentioned something about air breathing people or whatever, and I'm all for fun gimmicks, and I'm all for a bit of ridiculous sort of, uh, you know, over the top charisma in wrestling because that's what wrestling is. But I just didn't get it at all. I did think it was quite funny. It was drinking from a Listerine bottle. I'm sure it wasn't actual Listerine, although you never know, because he seemed quite incoherent. <laughs> so you never, never, never know. And if that is the case, please go and see your local doctor before you die. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't understand it. But he introduced Rusty Jack, who I thought was fucking great. Fun gimmick, by the way. Rusty Jack, this is a guy who could be on the camps everywhere. Should be on the camps. And if he's not, get on the camps, son. Uh, brilliant gimmick. Easy, funny, um, flamboyant in many ways. JC Cardi, it's okay, but I've seen this gimmick done so many times. You know, oh, I've got long hair and a bit of glitter, and I'm a rock star. I'm a Keith Richards. I'm a Mick Jagger, whatever it might be. Again, like, unless you can do it at a really, really high-end level, I just don't feel like the cracker. But one thing I will say, the difference between him and maybe a Frash Katie, and this isn't any slight on Frash, but, you know, he was able to work the crowd more and he was much more interactive and responded with the crowd well and that was a real big plus and that's what made this match really popular with the fans is because he was willing to engage and rile them up and piss them off and the finish was quite funny with a squeaky toy as well you know Jim Cornell probably sent me a message telling me he wants me to die but I liked it I thought it was very funny Ebenezer the geezer certainly was popping on the other side don't think I didn't see you on the other side geezer having a little giggle uh it was good. It was good fun. And the crowd responded to it. Rusty Jack is really onto something with that gimmick because I get to work with guys like Little Legs and, you know, um, people who have unique different gimmicks like that. Ebenezer the Geezer is quite a unique and very exciting gimmick as well. And for me, this is done really well. It was really, really good. And he works really well. You can tell he's obviously a little bit more seasoned and, you know, he's, he's a good guy. Great guy. Really great talent. Uh, I think JC Cardi is a good talent. I would like to see maybe a little bit more polish in certain things. But at the same time, I will concede that the majority of these people I was told were trainees or people just coming up in the business. As am I, to be fair. I'm not a fucking, like I say, it's just an opinion. I ain't no fucking, you know, mega, mega star or anything like that. But I do ply my trade very, very, very hard. And I work a multitude of shows and... I like to think that at least I'm offering a critique with, you know, some form of basis and not just throwing out hate or anything like that, because I don't do that. 
unless, you know, you start on me at ringside, in which case I'll flatten your ass. <laughs> Simple as that, really. Uh, especially if you are a potato head, which is ironic because we're talking about Robbie Nitro and his brand new tag team partner, it would seem. Interesting. Robbie Nitro tagging up with Buff Daddy, little Johnny Rocket himself, who I have to say I am a big fan of. Certainly a much bigger fan of this guy than, you know, the scrub he had beforehand. Um, appreciate that a lot. Got a lot of time for uh, Buff Daddy, especially really great guy in the business. And for all the, you know, jokes and bullshit and somewhat fucking issues aside, you know, I, I thought Robbie and Buff looked good as a tag team. You know, it, it's almost like Robbie Nitro has been reborn. Since CWP reborn, he just feels like a a more credible, a more exciting talent. And I hope that's going to stay the case because I'm sick and tired of people, you know, taking snide shots of people like myself who worked with CWP and, you know, by shitting on the company. I'm sick and tired of people having crushing opinions about things while they're crying on their personal Facebooks like little bitches. For me, um, this was a really fun tag team match. They took on Danny Disorder and Brandon Lee. Now, um, I, I really like Brandon. I, I, I don't know why. There's something about him. He's just such a likable person, a really cool guy. And I like the gimmick. <sighs> Something was... I thought this match was fun, actually. I thought this match was good. If I'd had a match like this, I would have been fairly happy. All right, you're, you're never going to have a perfect match. And it's good that you can have a moan and say, mm, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. And it's good to be, you know, critical of yourself. But not too much, I think, in the wrestling world. Because there's always going to be a fucking salty veteran backstage who's going to tell you that everything you do is shit because he's threatened or whatever. Somebody's taking my spot. Old man yells at clouds, whatever. And plenty of that going around on social media. But, <laughs> me included, <laughs> I am an old man and I am currently yelling into a microphone that looks like a clown. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the match was fun. Um, few hiccups, few things that I was just like, didn't really get or didn't really see. But um, I like the work great. Uh, Brandon's got some in. Obviously, very early doors. I think this was only like his second or third match. So you're actually coming along really well, man. And you look really good. You should be very proud of yourself. He's obviously put in a lot of work. And he's, he's big. A big fucking unit of a lad. What is he, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking giant. He's tall and he's menacing. And I, I'd like to see more progression. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what I really like about Brandon, actually. I wanted to pinpoint this and mention this. He's really good at talking. He doesn't realise, actually, I think, how funny and how entertaining he is as a heel at ringside. He's, you know, chatting shit <laughs> a little bit and, and noticing that the camera's there and making snide look like during the uh, opening match when he's at ringside. He said he just points at JW Reeves like, it's not that big. Like, little comments like that are fun and they're engaging. And for the audience at home, because it's not just about the audience there, it's for the people who see it, you know, in retrospect or see it, you know, in the future of our YouTube or whatever it may be. You know, as a video guy, I'm always looking to that, trying to help convey that to an audience that may see it later down the line. And that was good stuff, at least from my opinion, opinion and perspective. Uh, Buff Nation gets a win. Well done, boys. Probably Nitro on somewhat of a roll. Um, you know, looks fairly credible. Not just putting himself over for once, which is lovely to see. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. And I did quite enjoy the small amount of hazing that was going on with Aaron Cruz as well at ringside. Shout out to Aaron Cruz for standing there like a good little plum and holding the 360 camera for me, you little bitch. You did a fine job, sir. Well done. Um, 
it, not that you really had to do much. I turned the camera on, I put it in your hand, I said, shut up, stand there and hold it. <laughs> and he did that fucking admirably well, so round of applause, kid. Um, fine match. Absolutely fine. Um, like I say, not perfect, few hiccups, but if you watch any of my matches, there's plenty of those too. But it's not all about having a, a perfectly executed match. Sometimes it's just about looking legit or making people believe you're doing what you're doing. And it took the crowd a little while to get involved, but once they were involved in this match, they were ready to go. <sighs> then we have the crown jewel of this whole event. The masterpiece, the unstoppable destroyer, the man who's being built as the next big thing of wrestling. Yes, indeed. Sensational Simon Durden is out. And here he comes, Paul's own. And even though he's a he's a bit of a gnarly knob, we know he's part of the knobs. And he's representing well. And by the way, Simon Durden, right? What a fucking cool guy. Great gimmick, great look. Someone who has invested in himself and worked hard to make himself look professional. And I'll tell you what, out of all the wrestlers, um, other than the main event, he was the one, in my opinion, who looked the most complete in terms of like look and gimmick and stuff like that. And some people might say, oh, you're obviously made to him or whatever. I do know Simon. I think very highly of him. And the reason I think very highly of him is because he puts in the fucking hours and the work and he invests in himself. That's why he should be getting much more opportunities than he does. You know, it's nice that he's got a quality way of life at the moment, but... <laughs> I feel like he could do even better. Quality's good, but excellence, that's where you really want to be. And Simon Durden could be excellent. Um, he faced uh, an MMA guy, uh, Damien Pitbull, bad bad dog Pitbull Damien. Uh, whatever, whatever, like, <laughs> not going to question it, probably not my head off. The guy looked a million dollars. Absolutely, you know, just shredded. Like, you know, like a proper MMA fight. He looked like he legitimately could fuck you up. He's got the tattoos. He's got the look. Um, I personally quite like the fact that he was wearing MMA gear because he stands out. And he was another guy who really stood out. And I, I like his style. And I like his kind of menacing demeanor. And he's very kind of quiet. Don't think he works well as a face. Um, crowd were kind of like, yeah, we'll cheer you because the other guy's sort of a bad guy. But... <sighs> You know, I I would personally have him as a destroyer heel. Uh, I don't think the whole Goldberg thing really works well with people unless you're a fucking monster. But one thing I will say was he's a fairly short lad, um, which nothing wrong with that. Obviously, he's, you know, he's obviously let's be fair, he could probably take most of us on the locker room pretty easily. But at the same time, um, you know, from a perspective of showing off to an audience, showing off to a crowd, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that's cool, but you don't look, you know, if I don't know you're an MMA fighter, right? Or if I'm just a casual punter and I come in the door and I just see, look, I'm thinking, yo, he's shredded. He's pre-jacked. He's also quite small. Um, and I like the fact that a match did kind of reflect that because even though it was sort of supposed to be a squash match, there was definitely a feeling of, hey, you know, this guy, um, you know, Simon Durden was able to get the upper hand on him and I think they should play to the fact that being an MMA guy doesn't guarantee you success because it's a different style obviously MMA is all about you know being in a cage there's different rules you know you don't get rope breaks in MMA you know you don't you don't have this kind of you know I don't know it's just different isn't it 
it's a different performance it's a different style and i think it's going to take time to see a good transition as well you can't just throw any mma guy in and hope that they're going to be like brock lesnar that guy was a natural athlete he was a natural freak and he was also an ncaa champion in wrestling two times like he was the pinnacle of amateur wrestling and that is something a skill that can cross over well if you transition well um there's a long way to go, obviously, with it. Uh, he's definitely got massive, massive potential. Uh, like I say, looks a million dollars. You know, that kind of side of things is already pretty much sorted. So he's already got a leg up on a lot of people when it comes to physique and stuff like that. But, you know, having a great physique and a gas tank, that's all very well and good. But can you play to an audience? Right now, he hasn't got any of that. Tell you what, he could do with a really good manager. That's what he needs. A really good manager. Someone who can come out and say, introducing the menace. You know, he needs his Paul Heyman. Someone who's going to really sell that fact. This is a pit bull. The Polish pit bull. The bad dog, Damien. You know, really sell that shit to an audience. Instead, it's just, here comes Big Tattoo Guy. Bit rageful. Okay, that's cool. But I feel like there's more. There's a lot more. And I want to see it. And I think if he's a quiet guy by nature... Put someone with a big fucking mouth in his corner and sell that shit to the moon. Interact with the audience. Shut up. This He's a beast. Shut up when he's wrestling. Shut up when he's fighting. You know, really sell that shit, man. And it could have a lot of potential. Something that doesn't need selling is your main event. Uh, Eddie Ryan, the lion. Everyone who's anyone in wrestling knows who Eddie Ryan is because he's a phenomenal seasoned veteran, a world-class wrestler, guy who's been on NXT UK briefly and toured what seems like the world. Um, somewhat criminally underrated, I would say, in many ways, Eddie Ryan. Uh, he took on Scott Jones, who, from what I can see, is the crown jewel of ACW, and rightfully so. You don't get to main event against Eddie Ryan unless you're clearly very fucking good, and this kid was very fucking good. Plus he's Scottish, which, you know, with Scottish family of my own, always going to have a little soft spot for that. I just love the Scottish anyway. I've got loads of Scottish friends and whatever it is what it is. But I like Scott Jones a lot. He has got crazy potential. Hard not to liken him to a Noam Dar, you know, especially being Scottish and having a similar kind of look, looking a little bit like him and, you know, just just brilliant, smooth and told a great story, his ring gear's on point, he looks a million dollars, he's a ridiculously handsome fella, and Eddie Ryan was so good at storytelling this, because when it starts, it's, you know, veteran and plucky, young upstart, plenty of respect, shake hands, see how we do, and then the story progresses, and Eddie Ryan never, ever, ever is really face or heel in this, what he is, is the teacher to the student, and, but there's frustration, there's cracks appearing, he starts getting more physical, he starts taking slight shortcuts, um, it was a very tiny, tiny microcosm of what Brett did with Austin, where he took that, you know, visceral hatred of somebody not being where they should be or not presenting themselves or not showing enough respect, which was Austin in that case, and kind of turning it. I'm not saying the match was like, you know, the infamous submission match at WrestleMania 13, but it had certain encoutrements from it. Uh, and I appreciate it. I really enjoyed this main event. This was a great story told. It was a great wrestling match. And Scott Jones came out of this looking like a star. And he's he's got a brilliant mentality as well. Because, you know, throughout the, the match, you're hearing tighty whities a lot because he's wearing white gear and stuff like that. And, you know, I sort of said to him, like, you know, did that perturb you at all? And he was like, hey, man, it's noise. 
You know, that's what it is. It's noise. And the crowd responded so well to him. You know, ladies loved him because he's ridiculously handsome. And Eddie Ryan was just obviously very popular with the purists. And it just clicked and worked so well. And I know Joel Redman couldn't make the show. Congratulations, by the way, Joel, on becoming a father. Fantastic news. Hopefully everything is well. And massive congratulations and continued health to you and your family, sir. Um, it's a shame you couldn't be there, but obviously family should always take precedent over anything else. And it did, and rightfully so. And Eddie Ryan stepped in at the last minute very admirably. And, you know, it's Eddie Ryan who picks up the win, um, but not without a serious fight. And this left a great impression because at the next show, for people who are invested now in the product, like myself, who went to this show, who are planning on going to shows in the future, they're also going to be of the opinion, okay, cool. Um, well, this is going to be fucking awesome because we're going to get to see Scott Jones again. And this is a kid who you just stick him in a catapult and fire off to the moon, off to the races, let him do his thing. He's just got it. And it's very exciting to see. And frankly, I'm really excited to see what he does in the future. I think this is a guy who could probably end up in NXT, could probably end up in a mainstream wrestling promotion of some sort. He's definitely on his way. He'll be in places like Progress and whatnot, providing he's looked after the right way and, you know, finds himself being pushed in the right trajectory. So, all in all, you know, with that being a main event, an excellent show. £7.50, let's see all that's fucking bargain, mate. Now, I know certain things that aren't my cup of tea. You know, and my apologies if I've offended anyone with my strong opinions, but at the same time, um, they are just that. They are opinions. And I'm sure other people might have thought very differently about what they saw. So it's always good to hear a plethora of different opinions. But I was really impressed with the setup. I like the show. I like the entire crew. I thought everybody performed so admirably. And there was a real great atmosphere as well. The locker room felt different. You know, it wasn't kind of ridiculously typical old school. It was nice. It was nice. It was good to see friends wrestling. It was good to see, you know, friends getting over and getting a chance to show off what they're all about. Like I say, people like Simon Durden, he should be getting booked everywhere. It's good to see Robbie Nitro actually enjoying wrestling now and not running around with fucking clowns. Um, and it's great to see Buff Daddy. I feel like that's another guy who, you know, he's been in the business for quite a long time now, Buff, but he still should be booked everywhere because he's just so much energy and so much fun and you know, I love wrestlers that are aware of the camera. It makes my job very, very, very easy. Good stuff. Fantastic. Looking forward to the next show. Uh, I do have it on good authority. Totten. Uh, ACW will have a show in Totten December the 17th. Obviously, COVID permitting. I swear to fucking God, Omicron, you better stay in your fucking lane and not ruin our shit. Because otherwise, I am going to be handing out Germans for days. The reality is it's a really good show and it's really affordable. And if you can get to Totten on December the 17th for the arguably for a lot of people's last shows, I highly recommend you do so because you're going to see Scott Jones again. You're going to see Danny Disorder. You might be lucky enough to see Joel Redman if he's obviously healthy and happy to go. Um, you're going to see some really great talents. You're going to see Frankie T, the Urban Goff representing IWE as well. You know, it's great to see a working uh, relationship between so many companies. That's what we should all be doing. We should all be fucking help building each other up, using each other's talent, crossovers, things like that. What do I always say? The bigger the pie, the bigger the slice for everybody who eats at the table. That's what it's all about. IWACWP, you know, ACW. 
congratulations, boys. It's great to see that working relationship and it hopefully will bear even more fruit and more shows and more things for the fans to get behind. You know, more traction. Like I say, let's, let's fucking make a bigger pie, man. Let's get that recipe fixed. Let's get the biggest pie we can and let's make sure that everyone can sit down and have a nice big fat slice and enjoy the profits and the enjoyment of the labor that is professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been Aaron Nix. You can find me at Aaron Nix Design. You can follow at Aaron Nix Design on Facebook, which I highly recommend you do so. Check out ACW social media because, of course, all the matches that were recorded, they have now been finished and edited and have been handed over to the correct people by the time you listen to this, hopefully. But what that means is that no doubt in the very near future, you're going to see a lot more going on on ACW socials. And I'm very excited that I was afforded the opportunity. Huge shout out to Danny for giving me the opportunity to work on this show. I am incredibly thankful for that opportunity. And I hope that the edits and the product that I gave back to you and the work rate that me and the boys gave to you is worthy of the fact that you gave us that opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Rest of Life podcast. Don't forget, if you like this style of review, if you like this podcast for whatever reason, if you're one of those weirdos who comes back and listens to me more often... Head to the YouTube channel, WrestleBlog. we got loads of stuff going on. we got fresh interviews dropping. Franco Varga is dropping within days of this podcast. Franco Varga, huge international superstar, former Impact Wrestling talent, multiple American TV shows he's been on. This guy is a megastar, and he gave me two hours of his time to talk about the business at large, how he did on his UK tour, which just finished up recently, and what you can expect of him when he returns in February to the United Kingdom you got to check that out. And we've got loads more interviews coming. Little Birdie tells me that Frankie T might be swinging by. Yeah, he's done podcasts with Sun Scrubs, but he ain't done a podcast like WrestleFog, man. And don't forget, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, any of the talents that are on the show, you are always welcome at the WrestleFog to share your journey, share your thoughts, and just share your brand. Because that's what this is about. This is about making sure that there is more awareness and more people to eat at that delicious pie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Aaron Nix, and I will catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleFlow.